our wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day friends, it's Pastor Will Moala. I serve as pastor of the Paravista and the Gawler Adventist Churches here in Adelaide, South Australia. We're coming to you live from our Faith FM studio. And I'm here with my good friend and fellow colleague, uh, Pastor Brenton Wilkinson. Brenton, good to have you in the studio, mate. Nice to be here, Will, as usual. Yeah, so... um we're should, kicking I, off. should I tell them the definition of a minister that Why I not? told you off air? <laughs> Why not? Now's the no time uh, like the over, present. Over the weekend, folk, um, I had the opportunity of ministering to a certain church, but prior to that, I'd been watching a, a, a YouTube program. Uh-huh. And what's interesting is you and I are both ministers, and yep. the definition of a minister, according to this particular person, is someone who is paid to be holy. <laughs> I like that. I thought that was a classic. Paid Woo. to be holy. <laughs> paid to be holy. In my case, then, it's unpaid to be holy. So. <laughs> unpaid to be unholy and holy. We won't take that too far. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, Brendan, it's always good to uh, kick off um, a brand new theme for the week. And, uh, yes, it is. I hope this you had a good, good weekend. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, wherever you're listening to from here, uh, whether you're here in the Adelaide region or across the country or you'll be listening to this at a future episode, we want to give you a rich, warm welcome uh, to our Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. And so today, Brendan, we're unpacking a new theme for the week, the Bible Many churches and the rise of cults. Yeah, most interesting topic. Yeah. Mm. You know, I couldn't help myself, but um, somewhere in the middle of the week, uh, a couple of our presented, I, th- I think it's David and Gary, they're looking at the topic of a cult, and um, I have are. my personal story on that, and um, I don't know, I might share it today's program, otherwise I'll, I'll leave it for our no, good no, friends. No, go for it. Yeah, but um, hey, so our theme today, Pastor Brennan, you're going to be um, taking the lead on our study time, the Bible, many churches, and the rise of cults, and so just to give our listeners um a bit of an overview of some of the questions that our team are going to be unpacking. Um, why are there so many churches? When is a religious organization a cult? Does God want believers to withdraw from society? And towards the end of the week, what does the biblical church look like? And so there's some of the questions that our team are going to be looking at. Very interesting one. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating questions. But today, sure. Brenton, you and I are going to be looking at the, I we guess are. we're starting off the whole conversation. And our big Q&A question tonight is, is Christianity unique? Yes. And so that's our topic, our theme for our show today. And so as we always do on our Faith FM uh, Drive Time show, if you're listening in the car as you're on your way home or you're listening at home, um, we always offer a free book offer. So we'll promote that in just a few minutes' time. But before we do that, we always like to start our program at the top of the hour with a World Watch segment. And so today, Brendan, I wanted to share a story with our listeners. Yes. Well, not a story, yes. actually. Yes. It's an article. Mm. And uh, got it off the conversation um, website.com.au and this is an article by Mr. Brandon Dean and it was just published a few days ago. ago. And the yeah. article is entitled A TikTok Jesus Promises Divine Blessings and Many Worldly Comforts. Now, Brandon, I, I, we just watched a couple of these um, we did. TikTok videos before mm-hmm. we went on air just mm-hmm. to give you an idea of yeah. what this article is about. And so here we go. So what I'm going to do, Brandon... I'll read a couple of pages. Probably yeah, won't read perhaps, the whole thing. Summarise a little bit. But yeah. Read a little bit of it. And yeah, probably read the opening. And then, yeah, uh, let's, sounds good. Let's see if we can uh, pull it apart a little. Yeah, bit. let's do it. Okay, mm. so here we go. The TikTok profile Daily Believer or at Believer Daily 
has 70 videos and com- with computer-generated Jesuses looking directly at the viewer, <laughs> beseeching them to stop scrolling and watch the next minute's <laughs> worth of content. Yeah, I like that. I'll probably just share a couple more paragraphs. Mm. All these Jesuses are long-haired and bearded, recalling artist Warner Solomon's ubiquitous 1940 painting, Head of Christ. And we've got a picture of it just yes. here in front of us. Some wear the crown of thorns. Some look alarmingly like the actor Jared Leto. Nearly all promise a surprise or, quote, good news soon in exchange for the viewer liking, commenting amen, or sharing it with their friends and family. With this digital outreach, the Daily Believer has gained, as of November 13, 813,000 followers. And catch this, Pastor Brandon, over 9.2 million likes. Uh, I found that interesting. Yeah, That's so a let, lot. Let me read it one more and then let's That's just let's pull it apart a bit. As a scholar of religion in the US and its intersection with popular culture, I've been studying the ways American Christians use media and popular culture to perform religious work and evangelical outreach for the past 13 years. I argue that this TikTok phenomenon in which viewers are promised good luck for sharing, liking, and commenting on videos of a computer-generated Jesus is close to what is known as the prosperity gospel. That is, Christian belief that God will reward faith with worldly comforts like health and wealth. Now, look, that's pretty much the whole gist of the article. Uh, pretty much. So yeah. he, for our listeners out there, if you haven't, if you're not aware, there's this social, there's online pa- platform by, uh, uh, a content creator called uh, Daily Believer, and he's basically on TikTok, and you know he's basically they, the videos go for about a minute or so, and it's basically an image of Jesus and an AI. Um, you know they manipulated his eyes and, and words. Basically, some guy speaking through this image. Yes, but but you know, Brandon, just just off the cuff here, when we were watching it, there was a bit of made us a little bit uncomfortable. A little bit. What, yeah. what do you reckon yeah. that was for you, especially for you? Because I showed you the video and you're like, ooh, you you that did. doesn't, yeah. oh, I don't yeah. know if that's what Jesus would be doing. No, I'm not too sure. Partway through the video, uh, for those of you who may choose to watch it, it says something along these lines. Um, I have introduced you to someone who you can go to their house. I've introduced you to Jesus. Jesus wants you to go to his house. Yeah. Now, your responsibility is to share that with others. And if you don't share that with others, basically uh, the Bible says some fairly strong things about those who choose not to share the gospel with other people. Yeah. Now, we've got to remember a couple of things here. <clears throat> Look, I'm not against social media at all. However, I do have issues with putting a guilt trip on people to share their belief in Jesus with others. Let's say, for instance, I'm the first person to look at this digitally enhanced photo of Jesus and say to myself, well, who is this guy? Why should I be sharing him with somebody else when all I've had is an invitation to come to his house? I don't know anything about him. I don't know what he stands for and what he's offering. Yeah. Um, what I'm concerned about is relationally, I think this is a problem, Will. It's a problem because we talk a lot on Faith FM about a relationship with Jesus. A relationship is one that can stand good times and bad times. Now, what if you share this... TikTok with others, yeah, and you don't receive a material blessing, yeah, you don't receive good health. 
let's say you're poor. You continue to be poor. You continue to be sick because you've got some chronic illness right. or something like that. What does that say? Does that say that you really didn't share Jesus properly with people? Or what? Sure. This is this is the basic fundamental weakness I see with prosperity gospel type thinking. Um, it's God's will that I be rich. Well, you and I could name a number of people in the Bible who were not rich, and in fact, some of them were, were commended by Christ. I'm thinking of the woman yeah. who put in two mites into the temple yeah. treasury. She put in a lot less than everybody else, but Christ commended her because he said she basically put in everything she had. Now, the basis for sharing Jesus with others, I believe, is this. Because you love him and because you are concerned genuinely about other, not whether there's a financial reward or a health reward or an education reward or any other type of reward that is coming your way as a result of you sharing, you should share Jesus with others because you're so excited for what he's done for you personally. So really what this is saying is, You've seen the video, now it's your... <laughs> yeah. I don't just want you to like with the old thumbs up, I want you to share it with somebody else. But they might be saying, well, what's this guy got to share? He's simply telling me that I've yeah, I've had uh, this yep. invitation and now <laughs> the gospel contains a number of things. The gospel contains the opportunity for a new life. It contains the opportunity for eternal life. It contains the opportunity to know Jesus on a personal level and to be, shall we say, a conduit through which you can share yeah. that with others. Yeah. I'm not sure that this meets that those criteria yeah. and I'm not sure that the motivation behind it is the right yeah. motivation yeah. because there's some darkly veiled stuff that if you don't share it, yep. this is what the Bible yeah. says. And just, just, and I agree with what you're what saying. What do you think? Do yeah, you and um, I was just picking up what you're saying because um, yeah. the same article is being referenced by um, an article um, in the New York Times, actually, and uh, it, sorry, New York Post. Sorry oh, about right. that. Well, that's and uh, same story, and I believe they're quoting this uh, fellow from the conversation article. Yeah. But listen to the title of how the New York Post actually titles this article. It yeah. says AI Jesus, that is artificial yeah. artificial intelligence. AI Jesus's scary TikTok sermons are a quote thinly veiled threat of damnation. One expert says, and just commenting on this article right here at the bottom, it says he. Um, and it's, uh, the guy says, uh, send this video. Uh, this is one of what yes, the quotes yep, of the AI yep, Jesus. Yep, 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 send yep. this video to all your friends and family. If you reject, remember what he said. If you deny me before men, I I'll will deny, deny you before, before the Father. Yep. And um, mm-hmm. this clip yep, has been yep, yep. Um, viewed over 22 million times. But And just going back to the article, Pastor Brandon, um, I like how this uh, article by uh, Brandon Dean on the conversation ends the whole article. He says, but the daily believer, referencing this TikTok post, um, this AI Jesus, the daily believer with its digital Jesus and its bare bones gospel of, quote, believe, serves as an example of a, and here's where he gets to um, at the end of the article, a new expression of an ancient religious motivation, motivation. the securing of this, of the securing of this worldly health, wealth and reward in exchange for following the will of the deity or deities. Mm. The fun, another fundamental uh, weakness here is, look, I agree with what uh, the New York um, Post, Post actually said, but yep. here's the rub. I think that um, Jesus made it very clear 
in the Bible that the only basis upon which God wants us to love, uh, to serve him is because we love him. Yeah. The whole premise of TikTok Jesus is not based on serving Jesus because of love. It's based on, you've heard the message, spread it. Yeah. If you don't spread it, remember, he said, if you deny me before men, I will deny yeah. you before the Father in heaven. I struggle with that personally, and yeah. I think you do too. Yeah. I struggle with that because that's not the type of Jesus I know, and I'm not sure that it's the way that Jesus would want yeah. it to be presented. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think and that's women. where we're landing with uh, the, the article. The, the part about damnation is, is very obvious there. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before yeah. the Father and before the angels. Um <laughs> The most, the whole motivation for sharing the TikTok Jesus, yeah, is wrong. Yeah, and, and just you know, I was on Facebook, you know, years ago, and I'm not currently on it. I kind of no, have this love hate relationship with with social media, but that was one of the things that would you know frequently come across my my you know my Facebook feed um, with various friends. Is you know every now and then people posting religious stuff, and even myself, obviously, re, re, uh, would post, uh, you know, Christian verses and, you know, just things I was doing in my ministry. But I think yes. what we're kind of kind of highlighting here is almost this sense of almost you're being um, almost like almost guilted into sharing it. Yeah. It's and a, like it's, it's a guilt. You thing. need, if you believe in Jesus, mm. share this now. And by implication, oh, yeah. if I don't share it, does that mean I'm not a Christian? So yeah, yeah it kind yeah. of makes people feel a bit uncomfortable. It, it when gives you a guilt yeah. trip, and it actually harks back to what happened during the Middle Ages when the Church of the Middle Ages, in Spot order on. to get people into church, is this is where the whole doctrine of hellfire really started to, I was going to say, caught a light, but that's wrong space. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pastor Brandon, we just wanted to so, share that yeah. TikTok Jesus. No, no, no. Look, I, that's worth sharing because yeah. um, if you're planning to look at it, fine, by all means. Make your, folk, make your own decisions. If yeah. you want to look at it, make your own decisions. But ask yourself a simple question. Is this the motivation that Jesus would have us use in sharing the gospel with others, particularly is because you've heard a one-minute video and you're required to share it with others where you may not even know Jesus personally yourself. Yes, there is something to be said for passing on what you've got, but the motivation behind it, I think, is the thing that's vitally important. Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, we're going to have to leave that article, but just yeah, something to share with our listeners today that um, there is a TikTok Jesus online. Hey, TikTok Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. Uh, Pastor Brennan, we're going to have to go to a break, but before we do, we're going to promote our book offer uh, it's a good one too, at this Will. moment in time. Yeah, one. absolutely. So Quite our free book offer for you, our loyal listeners out there in Radio Land, the book that we're going to be promoting today and for the rest of our week with our team, the title is God's Truth Can Change Your Life by author George. George R. Knight. God's truth sets forth the idea that there's truth not only in the material world, but also in the social and spiritual realms. Truth that is foundational to personal and social health. Truth that transforms lives. And so it's also, if you would like this book um, to share with a, with a friend of George yours, Knight's um, very please. Good, yeah, very he's good solid. He's got some great I content. Good stuff. Um, so we want to give you the opportunity yeah. to receive that free of charge. If you'd like a free copy, uh, all you need to do is text the code SA145 to our number 04888 and uh, we'll get that book to you as soon as we can. So SA145 is the code uh, and the number 04888 
and we'll get that book to you as soon as possible. Please don't go away. We're going to jump right into our theme, Is Christianity Unique? And the overarching theme, the Bible, many churches, and the rise of cults. We're going to a music break, and we'll be back in just a few moments. I thought, Pastor Brennan, because our topic is about the Bible <coughs> and many churches and the rise of Christ, I've chosen three songs that kind of give the Scripture theme. So Ooh. our first song is Give Me the Bible. Hope uh, you enjoy that's it. That's an ideal one. Go. Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming. To cheer the wonder, lone and tempest-tossed No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming Since Jesus came to seek and save the lost Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow Accept and promise, law and love of the writing, till night shall vanish in eternal day. Give me the Bible when my heart is broken, when sin and grief have filled my soul with fear. Precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love shall vanish in eternal day. Eternal day, 
You're back now listening to Faith FM Drive Time, Big Q&A. It's Will and Brenton in the studio here. And uh, we're just beginning our brand new theme for today and the rest of the week, the Bible, many churches, and the rise of cults. And Pastor Brandon, we're looking at the question in particular tonight, is Christianity unique? So why don't you start us off on this Trying to attempt to answer this question, what is it about Christianity that makes it pretty unique? Completely, but yep. um, <clears throat> we'll certainly have a look at it. Let's let's start by what I've chosen to do for our time today is have a look at Judaism and some of their chief beliefs, because of course they're front and center in in uh, news and that at the moment. Yeah, Christianity, Islam. Buddhism and Hinduism. I've decided that given our time constraints, that's probably the best that we can do. But here are some, here's a capsule of beliefs that if you were a modern day Jew, um, an Orthodox Jew, this is what you would believe. You would believe that there is going to come a future Jewish king from David's line known as Meshiach or Meshiach. He will come via a human family, note that. He will save the Jewish race and rule the Jewish people during the Messianic age. He'll also reinstitute the temple worship, uh, raise up the Sanhedrin again, and father a male heir. Now, there's some of the basic fundamental beliefs of Orthodox Judaism. This is rather interesting. By way of comparison... Let's have a look at Islam, because as you know, um, three of the world's major religions come from Father Abraham, or profess to come from Father Abraham. It's interesting that in all of these cases, the Jews are looking for a Messiah, Will, Islam. There's a person called Issa, I-S-A-M-A-S-I-H, Issa Masih, and Issa stands for Jesus, and he is going to return to earth before Judgment Day, and sort things out. The the issue <clears throat> for us is that whilst those who believe in Islam believe that Jesus was a good man, they do not believe that he was the Son of God. So when we get to the breaking down of the difference between Christianity and these other religions, we need to bear in mind in one thing. Jesus Christ is held in very high regard in Islam. When I was in the Middle East, I talked to um, some of the uh, the leaders over there, the muftis, and, um, oh, yes, Jesus Christ is held in very high regard, but he was a prophet. Yes, they believe he was a prophet, but they do not believe that he was yeah. the Son of God. Right. So the Jews are looking for Messiah to come, and here's the interesting point, Will, the Jews are not and never have been looking for a suffering Messiah. Okay. So Isaiah 53, I've had Isaiah 53 described in various ways by various people. Um, it seems pretty clear to me when I read Isaiah 53 and to you as well who it's talking yeah. about. But the Jews do not have a place in their pantheon of religion for a suffering Messiah. They have a place for a Messiah who's going to come and take the throne of David and um, give Israel the preeminence, save them from this wicked world and usher usher in the Messianic age. Islam, by way of comparison, uh, they have something called, well, I'll call it nirvana, paradise. Paradise. Okay. Paradise means 
a park. Okay. So to a follower of Islam, paradise to them, when they picture paradise, it's a place where life is really good. It's a place where you have many beautiful huris, spelt H-O-U-R-I. Okay. A huri is a young lady. Right. So you've got a good life in paradise. You've got all these huris to, to serve you. And you, <laughs> I found this one particularly interesting. And you can drink wine without suffering a, a hangover. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, given that the Muslim religion uh, bans the drinking of alcohol, I found, found that quite an interesting. Okay, yeah. But these are just some of the things that they believe. But what they believe, and this is what I'm doing, is showing you what some other religions believe, so we can compare it with. Christianity. Now, if I was a, a practicing Muslim, I would believe that God has a, a set of scales. Right. If you look at any of their stuff online, um, you'll find that God has scales. So let's say the scale is very heavy this side, very light that side. That's fine, providing the fact that, um, <clears throat> as they put it, God has a set of scales to balance good deeds and bad deeds. For one whose scales are heavy with God's good deeds, he will be in a pleasant life. For one whose scales are light, his refuge will be the abyss. That's direct from the Quran. Okay. So a good Muslim is one who's obviously working towards having an excess of good deeds over bad deeds so that when God comes to the judgment and uses those scales, and here's where it becomes interesting because sometimes even in Christianity we've seen that, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, well, I was just so, thinking uh, that. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is rather interesting. Um, basically, your afterlife is depends totally upon your decisions. And I'm going to touch on that with a couple of other religions as well. But the first thing that we need to establish is that Jesus said... Uh, very, very clearly, um, and Paul did, of course, in Ephesians, where he said, by grace, you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should yeah. boast. I found that particularly instructive. So uh, a Christian is one who believes not in a set of rules. A Christian is one who believes in a person. Correct. Now, Buddhism has Buddha. Hinduism has... Uh, whoever they follow. Confucianism or Taoism has Confucius and the Muslims have Muhammad <clears throat> because they say that Jesus was a prophet of Muhammad but the last prophet to come was Muhammad. Right. So you, you've got this <laughs> conflict, I guess, between the fact that as Christians it is unique because a person known as Jesus Christ offers salvation to people not on the basis of what they do, not on the basis of what they believe, but on who they believe in. Okay. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Those statements are very, yeah. what's the word I'm thinking of, very 
not self-identifying, but they're very exclusive statements. Yep. Here is a person who's actually saying to somebody else, namely Nicodemus, who just happened to be a Pharisee, just happened to be a teacher of the law, Correct. Um, that God so loved the world that he sent me, and if you believe in me, you have eternal life. Now, I'm not aware that any of these other religions have that. They're all working towards being good enough so that I'm – and it's interesting that most yeah. of them have a day of judgment or something yeah. approximating that. But <clears throat> Correct. we believe, and again, it comes back to what um, we find in First John 4. You, you remember the text, perfect love casts out fear because Correct. fear has to do with judgment. So <clears throat> the difference between a Christian and a follower of another religion, one of the differences, one of the key differences is that – Number one, we believe in an afterlife. Most of them do too, Correct. believe it or not. Buddhists believe in an afterlife. And they, they have various people. I've identified um, Buddhism has someone called Maitreya. Maitreya is the Buddha of the future, and he's going to teach enlightenment in the next age. Then you've got his do Hinduism. They have someone called Kalki, K-A-L-K-I. He's the tenth final incarnation of the god Vishnu. And he will appear to end the cycle. We, we go through endless cycles. In Hinduism, life goes through an endless cycle. And you can't get off the treadmill. So we need this Kalki to come along to break that cycle. Yeah. Whereas <clears throat> Jesus Christ, as a person, stepped into human history and said, what took place back there yeah. is what happened there. But I am here. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Correct. Anyone who comes to me will be saved. In other words, I have come to rectify everything that was yeah. wrong in the past. So there's there's another um, issue. That, I just, um, can I just add to that, yeah, no, Pastor Brandon? You go for it. And I think it's an extension of what you just said, essentially. I think for me, um, what separates Christianity, I guess, from other major world religions is, uh, it may be a general statement, but my understanding is that in some way, shape, or form, every other religion teaches us to, I guess, in a sense, earn our way to God. Yes, I, I think you're on the right with, track. Yeah. There. And my understanding of Christianity, when you really think about its, its uniqueness, um, Pastor Brandon, is when you really think about the person of Jesus and who he is, what the Bible claims about Jesus, that Christianity is the only religion that teaches that God actually came down to us, and we we use the the term yes. incarnation. Yes, I think do. that's a huge thing for people to to see, wrestle with. See, none of the, these, yeah. these other isms yeah. or religions do that. Yeah, because and here's another difference. Uh -huh. I've, I've interrupted you just. No, no, briefly, go ahead. But the issue here is that all of the founders of these various other religions are dead. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. we'll get to that a bit more or further on. Yeah, and um. Yeah, you're talking about the resurrection, absolutely. And um, yeah, I was just saying, you know, this idea that uh, that God came down in the person of His Son. I think that's that is the uniqueness right there. It is, and yeah. it is not this sense in which human beings are trying to look for God and somehow through their works find God or earn merit with God. Christianity is is based on what God did for us, yes. and I, I think that's a huge. Um, huge distinction um, between Christianity and other faith traditions. You see, 
when you quoted Ephesians 2, Pastor Brandon, I did. it tells me that Jesus actually died for us, us, I'm talking about in a, for the human race, before anyone ever did a thing for him. Yes. And, you know, my mind thinks of Romans 5, 8, where it says that, you know, while we were at sinners, Christ, Christ died, for us. died for us. So I think that's a huge thing. If I'm talking to a person and they're trying to, you know, what is Christianity about, Will? And I say, you know what? What's so unique about Christianity is that God actually came to this earth yeah. in, in the person, in person. Of, of his son. In human flesh. Yeah, in human flesh. We call it the incarnation. The incarnation. I think that's yeah. a big thing. Yeah, back to you, Pastor Ben. Incarnation is, is actually very important. Yeah. Another uh, comment here I think that's worth remembering as we look at the differences is verse 3 of chapter 17 of John. It says, and this is eternal life, that they, the they being all those that Christ was praying for, which includes us, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So eternal yeah. life is not based on how much you know or how many degrees you have. Eternal life is based yeah. on how close is your relationship with the one that you claim yeah. to be following. Yeah. In other words, if you are a Christian, you're following Christ. Yeah. And I love that verse you quoted, Pastor Brennan, because in that verse you quoted, um, eternal John life is to know God is the implication and the possibility and the promise that we can know God. That's what eternal life is, according to the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John. And so, yeah, it's, it's saying that, hey, what's unique about Christianity? That God came to us. And then Jesus says in that beautiful prayer that you, you mentioned, he wants to be known. I mean, how's that for a paradigm shift for someone that may be listening today that they might be thinking, where is God and how do I find God? Well, you're listening to this radio station because somehow God has made it so that that you're, you're listening to us. today. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I just want to pick up that word, Pastor Brennan. You yeah. said the word eternal life is to know God. And I think that is a, a an, an aspect of God's nature. He wants to be known. In fact, he, he does. That's why another aspect to the yeah. incarnation, why he came. Yeah, here, here's another couple. Again, from John 14. Yep. We have quoted, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But let's go to verse 7. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. Now, how long have they been with Jesus at this stage? Probably about three and a half, about half years. Yep, about a part of three and a half years. Okay. Yeah. And he's saying, guys... Why are you asking uh, for me to show you the Father? Notice what else he says. And have seen him. If you had known me, he's saying to Philip, you would have known my Father also. And from now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Really, I think what Philip was saying is we've got you here in the flesh, yeah. <laughs> but please... Show us God the Father yep. in the flesh. <laughs> Notice Jesus' answer, which I find really interesting. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Yeah. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe, or um, yes, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. 
else believe me for the sake of the works themselves yeah now when you talk about signs and wonders and miracles yes jesus performed those but there have been other people who allegedly have performed miraculous signs and that sort of thing you can't base your whole confidence and trust in jesus just on what he did I think equally important is what he said and what he's saying to them here. And this is a matter of probably 10, 12 hours before he goes to the cross. He's saying, Philip, what do you want about? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am just like the Father. Yeah. And there is no other religion, no other cult, no other thing that where a single person claims to not only be with God, but to be God. You remember in John eight fifty eight, when he was talking to the Jews, they said, uh, you're not yet 50 years old and yeah. you've seen Abraham. What was his reply? Yeah. Before Abraham, Abraham was, was, I am. I yeah. am. Yeah. Where do we find that? Exodus chapter 3, the burning bush. Who shall I say send me when you send me to Pharaoh? Tell, the, tell him the I am hath sent you. Yeah. So these these are some of the things that are showing the differences between these various religions. I can go to Medina today and visit the tomb of Muhammad. Uh, Buddha is a little bit harder to find because his ashes have been scattered through these various mounds. Uh, I can go to China and I can take you to the exact city where Confucius was buried. Yeah. And there are other, you know, the um, people who are adherents to these religions, they venerate these places. It's a pilgrimage to go to the tomb of this particular thing. I don't know about you, Will, but I'm thankful that God didn't tell us to go on pilgrimages. What he said is that we're on a pilgrimage. We're on a pilgrimage to heaven. That's right. Not going to someone's tomb. We're on a (laughs) pilgrimage to heaven. And he said, I want you to um, have your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In other words, the God that we serve is alive. He's in heaven right now. Yeah. He's our high priest. He's our coming king. Yeah. He's our judge. He is all of those things. Yeah. And he offers those things not based on the fact that 2,000 years ago he lived on earth and since then he's been dead and so on and so forth, like all these other religions. No, he's alive. And the fact that he's alive means that what he is offering can change a person's life. Because if I read something about someone who died 500 years ago, there might be some good philosophy in it, there might be some good stuff in it, but can it really change my life? But someone who's living right now, who knows my thoughts, who knows my ways, if I choose to follow him, he can change my life. He can change my life because he is alive. Praise God. And he's coming again yes. soon. I mean, that's how, doesn't the Apostle Paul say that in he does Corinthians? That. Yeah. Um, so, Pastor Brandon, we're going to have to go to a break uh, for another. Yes, we are. Yeah. And then uh, we'll come back in just <laughs> a we'll moment. Wrap up. And we'll wrap up. So, hey, uh, for you, our listeners out there, uh, we just uh, want to just promote our book offer that we would love to give you a free resource. And uh, the title of our book that we're offering today and the rest of the week with our team is called God's Truth Can Change Your Life. And that is by author George R. Knight. God's truth sets forth the idea that there is truth not only in the material world, but also in the social and spiritual realms. Truth that is foundational to personal and social health 
truth that transforms lives. If you'd like book, a free guys, put in Yep, put in for it. If you'd like a free copy, all you need to do is text the code SA one four five two zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. And we will get that book out to you. So one more time, God's Truth Can Change Your Life by author Georgia Knight. Hey, if you want it for yourself or a friend, uh, to give it to your friend, um, please text the code SA145 to the number 0488808811. We'll be back in just a few moments. This is Ancient Words by Michael W. Smith. A really good version, this one. Amen.
Ancient Words by Michael W. Smith. What a beautiful song. We hope you enjoyed that uh, song. Hey, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A here in our Adelaide studio. It's Pastor Will and Pastor Brenton uh, live from the uh, studio today. Hey, we just want to shout out Joe listening all the way from Gladstone, Queensland. Hey, we uh, received your... um, your notification and, and Joe will get that book out to you as soon as we can. And we know that you are a regular listener. So hey, we want to praise God for you. Continue to support Faith FM. So God bless you. Hey, Pastor Brandon, we've got a few minutes to go in our question tonight. We have. Is Christianity mm. unique? And so why don't you share with us in the remaining right. minutes about making a case for why okay. Christianity is unique? Every religious teacher has teachings. Uh, Buddha had Teachings. Confucius had teachings. What I found interesting about Confucius, seeing him on the subject, is this. There is no explicit mention in Confucianism of an afterlife because they consider that death is a part of life and if we are good and follow the path of Tao and the meditative exercises, we will achieve immortality after death. Okay. Now, that's interesting because Jesus' teaching, and I'm reading today for those who are listening around Australia from Matthew 7, verse 28 and 9, it says, And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings, these sayings being uh, what will we know as the Sermon on the Mount and the accompanying things, that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Okay. Now, <clears throat> it's interesting that in John chapter 3, we find a guy called Nicodemus coming to see Jesus at night. And he says, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God because nobody could do the things you were doing unless God, God was with him. him. And even the Pharisees, even though they spent most of the three and a half years of his earthly ministry disputing with him, arguing with him and trying to portray him in the worst possible light, they often called him teacher. The difference, I believe, another key difference between Christian teachings or between Christ's teachings is that they were invested with the authority of God. He spoke as one having authority. Apparently the teaching in the days of the Pharisees and the scribes' will was, it could mean this, it could mean that, or it could mean something else. Right. I'm beginning to think, I don't know about you, it sounds an awful lot like modern-day Christianity. Sometimes you hear someone <laughs> explaining something that to you seems very simple, but by the time they exegete it and pull it all apart, yeah. it could have that meaning, it could have this meaning, it could have that meaning. What does that do? It actually leaves the person who's listening who is trying to take it in, it leaves them in a situation of saying, well, what's right? What should I be following um, this is where I believe Jesus' authority came from the Word of God. He gave the Word of God. Yeah. The Word of God, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. We know Correct. that from Timothy. Now here, <clears throat> in 7.29, we're told that he spake as one having authority. That is another clear way, I believe, that sets Christ's teachings apart from other teachings. Other teachings are ethical, granted. But Christ's teachings weren't just ethical. He said that, what did he say? If you eat my words, you have eternal life. Right. Now, I'm not aware that anybody else has made the statement that if you follow my ethical teachings, 
you have eternal life. You can't offer eternal life unless you are the life giver and you're in a position to offer eternal life. Yeah. Christ was able to make that statement because he was the life giver. He proved that by raising Lazarus from the dead. He proved that by rising from the dead himself. I've been to Jerusalem, and it's interesting. You ask, where uh, where do you think Christ was buried? Well, <laughs> it depends on who you talk to. Yeah. They take you to a garden which call, is called the Garden of Gethsemane, and... Um, they say that he was buried somewhere here, but um, the tomb, as we all know, is empty. Yep. And so he is back in heaven. He is offering eternal life. And he is also doing something else, which is pretty important in the world that we're living in at the moment, Will. You remember First John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive them and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right. Now, in Matthew chapter 9, there was a guy that was lowered, you might remember, through the hole in the roof of Peter's house. And yes, I've been to Peter's house, or the, the house that they claim was Peter's house at Capernaum. And uh, when this guy was lowered on his mat in front of him, the first thing Jesus said to him is, he didn't say, good morning, how are you? <laughs> he said, son, your sins are forgiven you. And right. what was the response of the Pharisees? Who does this guy think he is? Only God can forgive sins. So here's another very clear evidence right. that sets Christianity so apart. Yeah. I can work hard in any ism you like or any cult you like, and there are many sincere people. I don't think we need to forget that there are some very sincere people in all sorts of things there, but only one person says, I can forgive your sins, not only can I forgive them, I will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So Christ offers, <laughs> I don't like saying it, but it's something you hear often today, two for the price of one. Okay, what are the two for the price of one? The two for the price of one is if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive them. That's yep. the first one. The second one is cleanses from all unrighteousness. So you get forgiveness and you get cleansing, cleansing from unrighteousness. Yeah. They're the two things. I believe there are other key issues that set Christianity apart from some of these others. Yep. What, what are your thoughts on I, I was. Have you got any uh, yeah, I was just, thoughts on it? Yeah, I wanted to pick up on what you were saying. You essentially were saying that what separates Christianity is, and Jesus actually is what Jesus said of himself. And I'm just reminded, I've just got here in front of me, Pastor Brennan, you know, um, the famous uh, Christian uh, C.S. Lewis. Oh, yes, C.S. And just want to quote, he basically came up with this <clears throat> trilemma scenario, mm -hmm. as you were aware, where he basically said you can only put Jesus in one of three categories. He's either a... You're quoting uh, uh, from mere Christianity. Yeah, mere Christianity. Yeah, and I'd just like to quote this, uh, yeah. Yeah, this okay. little page here. He says... Mm -hmm. um, he says, you must make your choice. Either yes. this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or mm -hmm. something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Yeah, now, it no, seems to me obvious that he was neither a lunatic nor a fiend. And consequently, however strange or terrifying or unlikely it may seem, I have to accept the view that he was and is God. Yes. And yeah. I think for me, Pastor Ren, that's what that's what makes Christianity unique is 
is how God came to reveal himself and he came in the person of his son, uh, Jesus. And if I could just kind of sum up one word, to be honest, Pastor Brennan, what would you call What it? separates Christianity and what Christianity, why is Christianity unique? Is and you mentioned in a Bible verse a few moments ago, it's grace. Grace. Absolutely. As grace. God gives us yeah. all grace. And grace is, as we know, it's unmerited favor. It's God giving us what we don't deserve. And to me, Pastor Brennan, and I think there are all these world religions in our world today, Islam, Judaism, Sikhism, Confucianism, Buddhism, you go down the line, I really believe that, hey, they have some wonderful teachings and principles of living. Their ethical standards yeah, in many cases exactly. are very high. But, but we're trying to look at the question tonight, what makes yes. Christianity unique? And I think it's embedded in the, the word. word Christian. Yeah. It, it is Christ. And the word grace that you mentioned, yeah. uh, you might remember I was telling you that on Saturday, yeah. <clears throat> I had the privilege of talking to a group of about 55 people, including about a dozen children. Uh-huh. And the program that I was talking about was uh, based on Matthew 20, the parable of the workers in the vineyard, where some started at six in the morning, some at nine, yeah, some at eleven, some at three, and the last lot at five. And of course, at six o'clock, the bell rang and it's knock-off time. And the owner of the vineyard came along, and the the owner. When you read this parable, the what's interesting about it, and this is where grace comes in. It's only the first group. He said, if you go and work in my vineyard, I will pay you a denarius. The other five groups, he did not tell them what he'd pay them. He said, I will pay you what I think is fair. And they accepted that at face value. I believe that parable is a perfect example of grace because at the end of it, the the ones who started at six in the morning and had worked 12 hours get the same as the ones who had worked for one hour. hour. And they're complaining like mad. (laughs) I don't blame them. (laughs) Well, probably not. This is what he said. These last men have worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? True. Yes, true. Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil? Because I am good. So the last will be first and the first last, for many are called, but few are chosen. The moral of that is, is simply that the, the moral of that um, parable yeah, beautiful is story. it's grace. Yeah, absolutely. And God pours out the grace as he sees fit. And this is what sets Christianity, as you quite rightly said, apart from everything else. We will be saved in the kingdom of heaven because of God's grace. Amen. And today. not because of anything we do. The scales, I don't know where they'll be, but they won't be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are covered by God's grace. Amen. We're today. covered in Christ's robe of righteousness, and that is available to not only Christians, but anyone who chooses to accept it. Praise God. Hey, Brendan, we got just one, two minutes left. Hey, I just thought, why don't you close us and, um, why don't you close with a prayer and then I'll, I'll sign off for us today. I just, just pray for our listeners out there, yeah, uh, people who are receiving this message and for our team for the rest of the week. Yeah, we'll do that. Father in heaven, we come before you because we know that we are not deserving of your grace. Yes. 
Your grace is poured out upon me and upon Will and upon our uh, other speakers for the week, uh, Marty and uh, Ricardo and yep. Gary and David and uh, Fabiano and you and uh, also um, Nick and um, Eric. They'll be uh, coming on over the next couple of nights on Drive Time, Lord. Mm. And all through this week as we compare Christianity with the cults and the isms and things that are around in our world, there are a lot of people, Lord, today who believe that every religion has some good in it. They actually turn up at your churches sometimes. They've been to this one, that one, and the other one, and they've got something good out of that and something good out of that and something good out of that and something good out of that. You haven't asked us to do that. You've asked us to accept you as Lord and Saviour. You've asked us to have a personal relationship with you. And I go back to John 17, verse 3. This is life eternal, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Lord, my desire today for our listeners around Australia who are listening to Drive Time on Monday evening, the 20th of November, I pray, Lord, that there's someone listening today who says in their heart, Lord, I need to know you better. I pray that they won't leave it too long. Make that decision today. Put in for this book that uh, we, we have been offering on air and will be offered on air during yeah. the next few days. Bless Will and myself, Lord. Help us to also understand that we are saved by your grace yes. alone. And in basking in that grace, we are able to, we don't need TikTok. In basking in that grace, we are able to share that with others. We thank you for hearing us. We know that you will answer our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that beautiful prayer, Pastor Brenton. Hey, our time is up for tonight. Please join our hosts, Pastors Marty and Pastor Ricardo, as they look at the question, why are there so many churches? But until then, we want to leave you with the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. May God bless you, and we hope to see you next time.